0: Houston sports show is. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5
1: and on ESPN 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to the show. Let's get over to the Twitch line. Actually coming off of Twitter. Our man Lamont says, who's the best dunker? So going back old school. Who do you think is the best dunker?
2: And I, I'm biased. I'm a big MJ fan. I, I, you know, I had that poster, you know, that famous Jordan dunk where he's just kind of hanging in the air, where he and jumped from the free dunker. throw line.
1: And he says in game dunker, so I think that Jordan also goes into play though, because he would match. I mean, he can match, but he brings up Sean Kemp or Vince Carter. I mean, Sean Kemp was a dude back then, man. Like, <laughs> he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. I was, I heard the other day, I forget what show was trying to make comparisons of who, who Sean Kemp you know, is comparable to nowadays. And, and I gave it some hard thought. I really can't think of early Sean Kemp was a little bit more slim. Then he got thick and he mm-hmm. still had a, he had hops out of the roof. You know, he can jump and I mean, he, he, uh, I mean, he was a, he was a great player or I'm not going to say great overall player. He was good, but then I think the athletic abilities made it to where you maybe put him to that. Well, man, he might be great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's the way it was with Sean Kemp, and then Vince Carter. I mean, we talked. I talked about last week about the top shot that I have of him. It just the way, if you take the the entirety of his career, it's it's it was. He had his moments as well, I guess you could say, because at one point, yes, he he, he can he, he was considered one of the. I'm not going to say a prolific scorer, but a guy that you can go to and depend on scoring. But then at one point, it became that
2: where you just knew he was a real athletic guy. Yeah, no. You always see that, right? The the guys that are just incredible athletes, you know, they kind of get that extra mojo around them, where you know the reputation is is a little higher than other guys. I mean, like Bo Jackson, think how regarded he is just because he was an incredible athlete. I mean, the guy was he was huge, but he could run like the wind. You know, those guys are incredible to watch. They're just physical specimens that you don't see very much. And you talked about that card you got for Vince Carter. Did you see that a Brady rookie card? And I believe it was signed, just got sold for $1.32 million. I think it was the guy from Fitbit that bought it, from what I'm reading. I mean, that's 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 incredible, man. And I mean, it's autographed. And I remember, you know, back in the day when I was collecting cards, people were split on autographing a card. Because on the one hand, the signatures were something. But on the other hand, the card's not mint anymore. You wrote all over it. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's kind of a. It's kind of a, a catch twenty two kind of thing there, where yeah, it's more valuable because you actually got Tom Brady to sign it, but now there's ink all over it. But I mean, one point three two million, it's amazing. Like the the card industry is just booming again. I used to have a friend that would walk around with a Bucky Richardson
1: autograph card, thinking like it was like <laughs> thinking it was something that you know to be had, something to show off at times. And he had in one of those cases, well, one time we went out and played football in the rain, and he had it in his pocket. Oh God. And before you know it, he's out there running routes and we see bleeding ink, you know, like the the marker, at which point he looks down and he realizes that that Bucky looks like Stucky, Stucky Richardson, all of a sudden, um,
2: RIP to that card. Yeah, no doubt. And, And I remember when that happened, when it was all about it was all about card collecting. And then it turned into it was all about memorabilia collecting where you didn't just want cards anymore. You wanted an autographed bat. Or you wanted an autographed ball. And I think back to, you know, I used to go to those card shows and stuff like that when I was a kid. And imagine now, like, just, just looking back at that, how much of that stuff was probably BS? You know what I mean? Fake signatures. How would, you know, before the internet, how would anybody really be able to tell, you know, that that stuff is really yeah. signed by that person? No, you, know? you, you make a great point. It, 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 it's, it's gotten better during the years now. Now
1: it's it's a process to yeah. get authentication but yeah, there's there was a lot of I guess gray area to say. Remember, remember the the feeling of opening up a Beckett as yeah. a kid. You look up, you go to what what is this a tops? Uh huh. What is what set? And then
2: you go down, and you're like
1: twenty six dollars. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, all right. Yeah, like every
2: month, a new wood would come out, and you'd be like, oh, let me see if it's gone up in value. You know what I mean? When I knew it was really bad for the memorabilia industry, is try to sell. Like to go to a like a a card shop if they still exist. Try to actually sell a signed baseball or a signed basketball or a signed football. They're not looking to buy. <laughs> they are just selling that they'll stuff. Call the Police on yeah, you. Yeah, they are not trying to buy your stuff and listen to you. You know, try and say, oh, I promise, I met him after the game and he signed it. It's real. You know, like. But
1: then they'll buy a Dungeons and Dragons card though. Yeah. Do you play Magic? Yes you hey, like, Magic
2: the Gathering? Yes. Those are, remember Garbage Pail Kids? They became all popular. You know, like, they could sell that stuff because they, they knew for the most part they were real. But, you know, signed stuff, it's hard to prove anything. Have you ever watched Pawn Stars, the, the television yeah. show? You know, sometimes, you know, somebody will come in and be like, oh, you know, Babe Ruth signed this, and they'll bring their expert in. At least now they have, like, computer software that can look at signatures and and kind of tell if stuff is real. You know, back in the, the 80s and 90s, there wasn't any of that. You just had to, like, look at <laughs> a legitimate signature and then look at the one the guy's bringing to you, and you just, by the eyeball check, be like, yep, that's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's you, it.
1: Where do, Before the internet, where do you even go on file to find a, a an autograph of a random player you don't even know? Yes. Like, if you don't, where, where on hand? Uh, now, right now, you could just go ahead and type, you know... Uh, Whoever Floyd, yes. Floyd Mayweather autograph and go look and you're like, all right, the one I look looks kind uh, of uh-huh. like it. At least that's a start yes. right now. if Somebody gave me any kind of thing. It's Jerry bone, Jerry Bo or Bobby Bo. You yeah, know? like it, it's the same thing, man. That just I don't I don't really know, man. I just it, it's it's a it's at the all time high, though. Now, yeah, where we're at right now. I mean, as far as collectibles, I never thought we'd be here. I had given up on the industry. Like a lot of people are pulling out old, old boxes of cards saying, man, man, there might be something in here. And I've seen stories of people pulling out things saying, Man, I know somewhere in here I had a and then they just started pulling out all types of rookies and here we are. But now we're seeing, I guess, the top shot phrase of it, the digital collections of it. Yeah. And I'm not sure where the hell that ends up, to be honest with you. I'm not sure we got they're actually talking about it right now on our twitch because Dr. Dre, after last week we spoke about it, he went to Top Shot. He bought a pack i think it was 13, 14 bucks he pulled a Jokic, sold it for 300 whoa yeah <laughs> when yeah now he's so today they're dropping a special pack 199 dollars for the pack if you get that pack though you're automatically gonna you're automatically getting you know 800 to
2: a grand so it's that's incredible I mean the way it's it's jumped like I remember in I think it was like 89 when Upper Deck came out a new card company like getting a a Ken Griffey Jr rookie card out of one of those packs was like I was a, I could was see a big it right deal now. I know exactly which one it is Yeah dude. like that was a big deal but you know over time you know they haven't really gone up significantly in value and you know, I even I have old you know football cards, Joe Montana and stuff like that. Man, that stuff has been at the same price point as it was 20, 25 years ago. How about Joe Montana? Joe Montana. <laughs> I said Joe Montana. Yeah, man. I I wouldn't be surprised if that one's up there because there's just so many of these cards that are out there. But imagine if somebody would have told you, hey, there was a piece of bubble gum
1: just randomly sitting next to this $150,000 card. You'd be yeah. like, hey, hey, take a little easy on my on my investment. I'm going to own that in 35 years. You know imagine right now if they were still putting pulling out these cards with a piece of bubble gum stuck to it, and then just yeah yeah, we'll take that chance, you know yeah. times of change is it's just that's why I'm so i guess infatuated with I'm infatuated with this top shot thing because it says, man, can I be one of those first ones that ends up getting a uh, as, you know whatever uh, a lamello ball rookie and then 20 years from now i could just hand that to my kids and they can they can ride off into the sunset or or is this just another phase of another thing that's gonna is this
2: pugs? yeah you know, we talk about collectibles what about pugs? well the market always kind of busts at some point right but but you don't want to be the guy that sells too early because then you could have maybe got more but if you wait too long And you could miss out completely. It sounds like my love life.
1: You got to time it just right. (laughs) That definitely (laughs) sounds like my love life. When we get back, I hate to say a rumor, but when then there's actual connection between a few players and inside his camp, this certain player's been through the things that Watson has been through. And this player's come out and said, man, I I don't think that no, he didn't say I don't think. He uses strong words, and he says he knows that Watson will not be on the Texans next season. He will not be wearing that uniform. And I'm going to tell you who that guy is next here on Line ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.
0: listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5
1: and on ESPN 92.5
0: live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: I highly doubt he will suit up in a Texans uniform again. He's extremely serious. Quote Jalen Ramsey on the Huddle and Flow podcast comes out and says that about one Deshaun Watson. He highly doubts it. So then once you you start saying, well, what do you have to do with this? Jalen Ramsey comes out. Where where does this? Where where does he get this from, right? Well, he's represented by the same agent. Hmm. That's convenient. Maybe there's a little bit something to it. Then at the same time, you ask yourself, what does Ramsey know about this kind of scenario? Well, didn't he go through somewhat of the same thing when he didn't want to play on that team anymore? Eventually got his way. Got paid, and then now things are much better for him. And as he as he says, and I guess it is the position he's in now. Maybe that ends up being Watson's forecast.
2: But do you make any uh? Do you make any sense of this? Do you think there is any truth to it? I feel like Deshaun doesn't want to come out and say this stuff for whatever reason. It, look, he probably doesn't want to say it because if he demands a trade, you know, verbally on camera, you know, SportsCenter is going to play that clip a million times you know and people are just going to get so sick of it and i think that'll start to make people turn on deshaun even quicker does everyone
1: fully turn if he comes out and says that not i'm not obviously not everyone but okay so i say right now it's maybe it's weird because even though he doesn't want to play here it's almost like 50 50 you know maybe a little 60 40 with people saying okay i'm finally turning on him if he came out to say it, what percentage does that 60 go to of people
2: turning I think nationally, I don't know if it's going to really change unless unless they play it so much that people just get sick of hearing it, and then you get angry just because they're putting it in your face all the time, and you're, you're tired of hearing it. I think that that could be why they're avoiding this nationally. They want him out of here, you know. They they think the Texans are a joke, and they they're excited. Oh, please go to the Bears, go to the Jets. Like the Jets are some great team for him to go to. But nationally, they think they don't think the Texans deserve him. They're on Deshaun's side, but you know, as somebody that lives in Houston that hasn't had a decent quarterback the entire history of the franchise, and we finally have Deshaun, I I don't want him to leave, you know. But that's my quarterback. Yeah, like I, you know, you actually make watching Texans games tolerable, you know. Like God, think of the Brian Hoyer days and Ryan Mallett, and you know, just all the Ryan Fitzpatrick and. I mean that hey, was hey, 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 I hey. know, but it it was exciting football. And and look, I think he's going to leave, and I I think the agent has a plan. That's why Jalen Randsey's speaking up. That's why Andre Johnson has said stuff. It, it, Deshaun doesn't want to be the one to come out and say it, but I don't think they're going to trade him until he does do that. You know, we talked about that with our you know our burner account Jack Easterby discussion we had last week until Deshaun sits down and does interviews that are on TV and says repeatedly that he wants out and that he doesn't want to play there anymore. I don't think they're going to be inclined to move him.
1: What has the higher odds Watson playing in Houston or Dak Prescott getting his deal the
2: way he wants it? Oh, I think eventually it's going to happen with Dak. I, I just do unless the Cowboys take a quarterback. I think they have the tenth overall pick in the draft. That's what's scary. Yeah, if they took a quarterback there, then that changes things. What if Russell comes? Now, do you think they just say hey, sorry, Dak? Uh, let's. It, it, everything else is off the table the moment that they connect with Russ. Yeah, because I feel like for what Russ is and the money he's making, it's it's about right, you know. But with Dak, like Dak wants, I think even more than Deshaun. You know he wants right under Patrick Mahomes' money, and for those, you know, for a lot of years too. Dak wants a big commitment, and you know, I guess we can go ahead and get to this. Stephen A. Smith did a, you know, a topic the other day on First Take, and the question was who's mishandled their quarterback situation more, the Texans or the Cowboys? Mm. And it Stephen A. Smith said he thinks the Cowboys actually mishandled it worse than the Texans have. which Why is, is that? Incredible. His thought is that at least the Texans have an excuse that it's a brand new GM in place, a brand new coach in place. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of changing happening with the Texans right now, where with the Cowboys, it's been Jerry there the whole time. He's had an opportunity to to make it right with Dak for years, but he hasn't done it. And Stephen Ace's point is, is that Jerry's taking care of everybody else except for Dak. You know, gave Zeke that big deal, gave Amari Cooper that big deal. A lot of the offensive linemen are getting market deals. You know, some of the defensive players have gotten really paid where he's like, you know, everybody but your quarterback has been taken care of, you know, and I can I can kind of see that. But at least the Cowboys aren't the, the joke of the NFL like the Texans have turned into.
1: Is it a matter, though, of the organization up front not
2: really believing in Dak and knowing that
1: there's only so far? Last year was a little bit different. But again, I told you the game scripts always painted out for him to have to throw it downfield. And now with those weapons, I'm throwing for a few thousand, you know, so I'm not going to take anything away from him because he has gotten smarter. He's, he's gotten better with the progressions, you know, when he was healthy, he was, he was having a hell of a year, but enough to be sold on it. I don't think that, I think that the, what Stephen A. Smith says has a little bit of truth to it, but they're completely different scenarios because one Dak has leverage because if he gets that franchise tag at 37 mil, okay, you're not gonna give me what I think is worth. Cool. and if you do it next year, that tag goes up huge.
2: Yeah, I think it's like over 50 million or something. So he's like yeah.
1: okay, I mean barring another injury, don't get me wrong, but once he puts this money in his pocket at this point, I mean you gotta play, you gotta that's the risk. On Watson's hand, though, we're already talking about money getting deducted and it's it's money coming off. One side, it's money being added and you getting money guaranteed to you as far as a tag. And then the other one saying if you don't show up, it's a it's a matter of hardball. So that's why I think for him to even compare those two, it's it's slightly different because the 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 way that Watson approaches it is completely different than the way that. You know, Dak can approach it just to, in my opinion, because Dak can just sit here at this point. Like, you're not going to give me what I want. Then, okay, hit me with that franchise tag, and I'm not going to make a commitment to you. Yeah, Watson is, what
2: can he do? That You so, make a good point. Because Dak can just go the Kirk Cousins route, right? Cash in a couple franchise tags, and then go get a big money deal somewhere else. First ever quarterback to be franchised, uh, tagged twice. Yeah. So he has that option. My problem with Deshaun is, is like... You're penalizing the owner for not jerking you around and, and franchising you, or, or waiting until your contract on your rookie deal is almost up. You know they went out of their way to say Deshaun, we love you, we want to make you a part of our long term plan. We're gonna we're gonna give you the contract you want, the the no trade clause that you want. You know there was no drawn out negotiation. They were just like, we want you. We're gonna give you a, a big deal. And Deshaun said, great. That was trust. Yeah, there was a lot of trust at that table that day, that day. And that was in
1: September. That was not that long ago. So where did trust break? You know, trust is a strong word. Yeah. So then whenever you trust in something, there was trust that day. Where did the trust break? What 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 single event or or combined events that led to to where we are now? Or was it all along you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. not, it doesn't make any sense to me. There was a lot of trust that day on both sides, especially the Texans giving him that contract with the no trade clause and putting himself in that predicament. They never, in their wildest imagination, thought he's going to leave before the end of this contract. No.
2: And to your point, in September, he thought Cal McNair was some great owner. You know what I mean? Like there weren't telltale signs that. This guy doesn't really the know what he's doing. Video game plan. Yes, I mean, you know, he he'd already, you know, I assume had interactions with Cal. You know, by by then in September, I'm just amazed at how he thinks so much changed between then and now, and like the ownership with the New York Jets is all that good. You know, like there's a lot of you know in in Miami. Like, is that great ownership? I don't know. And and how much do you really interact with the owner all the time? And if they really did hire Nick Casario to come in and run football, you know, just a cold calculated robot of a GM, then Cal shouldn't really he's just shaking hands. And, you know, he shouldn't really and be involved with Deshaun on a day-to-day basis. So look, I get that he doesn't he doesn't perceive this as a place where he's gonna have an opportunity to to win Super Bowls. And that I think that's what it is at the end of the day. You know, and he did tweet about trust, remember? But God run offices and players these kind of things happen all the time even in good situations you know we've heard how Tom Brady hated being in New England you know how how Belichick didn't treat him very well and and we've seen how Tom is way more outgoing he's on social media he's having more fun now that he's he's away from New England so I mean this happens you don't always get along perfectly with people but you know here we are you know what
1: else takes trust Hearing the story about J.J. Watt, it's crazy because we only—I mean, we only talked to you guys one time a week. Last week, look how much has changed. Now, all of a sudden, he has his team. But hearing the T-shirt plan, it was a—it was a top secret plan. Yeah, you heard, you see this? I did. Once he narrowed down the teams, he had to get a friend purchase it online with his card and then come deliver it. What the
2: hell is going on? Is that what? Is that the? Is that the world we're living in now? It is, but I mean, think about it. If you know, if you saw that, you know, that transaction come across your computer, that person, I guess, could tip it off, you know, and tell somebody. But I guess my big concern is, like, why do you care if you're the one to break the news? You know what I mean? Like, you're a football player, or you want to be Adam Schefter? Like, who cares? I was looking to the picture
1: itself because I'm like, all right, so who took it, and then the face he's making, like the, and I'm like, was that the first take? Did you say, hold on, that face doesn't look. That face doesn't look focused enough.
2: Let me do it again. You know, just it just it just, it's just real corny to me. I get it. And J.J.'s been accused of that before. But I just find it odd that I, I, the source is me, you know, <laughs> and he tweets it out. But, you know, whatever. I guess J.J.'s earned that right. But I actually think he'll do pretty well with the Arizona Cardinals. I did a little bit of a dive into J.J. I was just curious, like, what type of player is he at this point in his career? Because I know you think he's fallen off a little bit over the last couple years, and that's fair. But I did some research. Did you know no pass rusher in the NFL was double teamed more than J.J. last year? Yeah. You know, like, just, I mean, think about that. And, you know, some of the teams that reportedly wanted him were the Titans and the Colts. Those are teams that you play twice a year because they're in your division, and they have to game plan for you. So if, if they're the ones that are game planning for you and they're trying to go out and get you, obviously they they think you have something left. So if they're not able to double team him cuz you know Chandler Jones will be there on the other side, like JJ could be set for a nice little bounce back year.
1: Let's talk about that price though. Do you think that at that price it was it was justified because you're hearing a lot of other executives around the league saying, "Man, we were we thought we were in the sweepstakes. Our 10-12 our million at the at tops is all we're going with." And then many are saying, "That's what they wanted to pay."
2: Yeah. Go ahead. It's a little more than I thought he would get. I'm with you. I thought maybe around, you know, 12, 10 or 12, like 20 million total over two years, something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but obviously they wanted him, and they think that'll be a difference for them to, you know, get more pressure on the quarterback. So they were 8-8 and last year. You know, Kyler Murray, he looks like he's a really good quarterback. You know, so I – I think they see this as their this is their window. Kyler's still on his rookie deal. This is when they can spend some money and so they're they're taking their shot.
1: That's the most crucial thing whenever you're on your quarterback's on that rookie deal. And whenever you can spread some money out. The Russell Wilson experiment, let's call it, right? Yep. That's why he's, he 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 feels a certain type of way. He've got he got accustomed to success early. They were able to make some moves. That defense was stacked. You know, yeah. they, they had a run game. They had some, I'm not going to say uh, play some some star wide receivers, but guys that had how, just not household names, but guys that could ball. Yeah. You know, he never really could just say other than now. But before, when can you just say, man, he had just a crazy wide receiver. You know, it's it's always been guys that are just middle to upper tier. Yeah. Doug Baldwin, guys yeah. like that. Like, guys like that. Good, Lock, not great. Tyler yeah. Lockett. Yeah. Um, guys like that. So you ask yourself. Is that a a, a part of it? It Was the honeymoon stage once him and and Coach fell off and and he started seeing things and saying, man, we get to the playoffs, but I don't think we're winning Super Bowls inside this place, not in this building, not since everything fell off, ever since that Super Bowl. That has a lot to do with it. If if you put them in the Cowboys right now, does that make more sense to me than the Bears? Oh, yeah, as far as winning. Because the division's not good, right? I mean, you put them there, the Cowboys are automatically favored uh, to win that division, in my opinion, heavily. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
2: just favored, but but heavily. No, I I completely agree. It's a bigger challenge in Chicago because you got Aaron Rodgers to deal with. But the reports were that Russ was fuming watching the Super Bowl, watching Tom win. He was really upset with what the reports were. And we talked about this last week. He was probably upset because Antonio Brown. Remember, Russ was throwing to Antonio Brown, wanted him to come to Seattle. Well, he goes and plays there with Tom, and then he gets Leonard Fournette, and Gronk comes and plays. Like Tom is allowed to make some decisions with personnel, and Russ is probably like, "Hey, I deserve that too." You know, I think that upset him. But we also talked about this last week too. Tom's willing to take twenty-five million a year. He's willing to spread that money out so that they can sign more people. Talk to me, Russ. When you're willing to take a pay cut to, to get some more guys on the roster, and you see now I'm, I'm hearing
1: talks already about him trying to redo his things, however he can to make it team friendly, just so he can keep winning. And yeah, if you look at that, if you if you look at that Bucks roster, there's a, there's a few guys that they I would try to lock up. Um, I mean, we, we talk about receivers all the time hitting the market. Godwin's going to be one of those guys. Uh, you you figured he'd want to keep
2: him around, he's going to lose Brown as well he said godwin has reportedly said he's willing to play under the franchise tag which is like 16 million he wants to win another super bowl that's what i was about to say it's funny what winning does yeah it's it's, do i lock up my long term now
1: or do i get me another super bowl and and as long as i don't get injured my stock's gonna go up in this offense why would it not man i just i i I like that i like that whole scenario for him i would stay but then how many of those top receivers that are on the market are actually going to stay? And I say those top guys with Kenny G,
2: right? Alan Robinson. And then him. I think Godwin's the only one that's still on the same team next year. I think the other guys are going to leave. Let's get
1: over to the HRMP listener line. Lorenzo wants to talk a little about Vegas lines. What's going on, Lorenzo? Hey, good morning guys. Good morning. Hey, I want to ask a question. Oh, uh, it's, we're back to the uh, New Jersey Nets Houston Rockets um, game. Now I missed out because I was greedy, thinking the Rockets were gonna have nothing to play for, so I bet the under parlay along with the nine and a half cover, and uh, yeah, that didn't work out too well. But uh, my question is about the nine and a half cover. I mean, to me, that looks like a strictly on the paper. I mean, on the paper, New Jersey Nets should do this versus the Nets. So. Does Vegas never factor into account, or whoever sets these lines, do they never factor into account uh, emotional factors like the, you know, maybe James Harden had something to play for when he came back, or is that just a human factor that we consider? And I'll uh, hang up and listen. No, that's a that's a great question. So check it out. They part of the guessing game for for the sports books and the line makers are to anticipate where the action's going to come from. So if they know that people are going to – they know that – and us being in town, yeah, we already had that game circled, Nets, Rockets. We knew that as soon as that trade went down. This day, at this moment, I'm telling you those books had that before we did, and that's how quick they have it. Whatever information we think we have, they have. So to answer your question, maybe that line in really – without this predicament, this scenario going down, maybe it would have been seven, seven and a half. And that nine and a half where you got it at was already with that premium in it. And if you remember that game, if you got it at nine and a half, that means you were you were sharp because you got it in early because I got it in at ten and a half and ten and at minus five and a half for the first half. Um, It's funny because I bet that game my people listening right now are saying, yeah, we were on that game hard, but I already knew that narrative was in there. And then also, okay, for example, the triple double. Okay, perfect example. Triple-double for James Harden that day was only at plus 115. For a triple-double? You're telling me you have to get a triple-double and you're only getting plus 115? You know his assists are going to be there. You knew his points were going to be there. But then now you're saying, man, I hope I hope he rebounds, and I hope that the Nets don't blow him out enough to where Harden sits the fourth quarter.
2: See, that's the concern, right? I heard Dell talking about that on the morning show. If they're up by so much in the fourth quarter, that could change things. And that's what books do. They knew that
1: everything played to their value there because they're saying, yeah, he should. And if he did get there, if it was any other day, it would probably be plus 150, 160. But we know you're coming for this. We know that you think that the Houston Rockets are going to get, you know, that he's going to get his revenge or whatever the case is. We know that's coming. So let's lower that down because they're going to buy it anyways. Boom, they got you there. And then uh, same thing with the other lines. We know that that money's coming. Let's set it here. And then we'll set our baseline. Remember, the 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 objective of a sports book is to get 50-50 action, right? They want they don't care to be heavy on one side, Necess, not necessarily all the time, because sometimes they will stand on one side, and you'll see reverse line movement. I don't even want to get into that right now on a Sunday morning. But regularly, they want half-half as half close to action, and then they take the juice. That minus 110, that little, you're under one, why don't I get 100 to 100? Why does it have to be one at 110 to win 100? Well, that 10 is, thank you. Thank you for our services. Thank you. Imagine how many bets go down in one day at that minus one hundred and ten. They're taking that ten percent all of a sudden over five thousand bets. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the whole thing. You gotta you gotta make sure that you know that what's built into that number. Do they already see it coming? How much did they adjust? That's why look ahead lines in football, and especially in the NFL, always look the week before and say what was those what were those lines before? Print them make sure that you have a copy of them then the next line comes or the next week comes along and one team got blown out or an injury happened or whatever the case is then you say man what's the overreaction two and a half points for this injury three points because they got blown out that's where you find your edge money line espn 975
0: Going to answer that? To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. The Affordable Care Act continues to be a complex regulation, and employers must comply. Visit HRP.net for help. You're listening to Money Live. On ESPN 97.5
1: and on ESPN 92.5
0: live from the Veritex community bank studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline. line. 20 minutes left before we leave you in the hands of your beautiful Sunday. Hopefully there's some barbecue in your near future. Maybe a few drinks kind of wind things down before this crazy week gets going. Um, I think it's going to be just that with the mask mandate lifting, right? I think it, I think there's people going to be at it a little bit more at each other's necks. Yeah. A little bit of people going at certain businesses that 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 maybe still require you to go in. I actually went and got my uh I don't I didn't even think about bringing this up, but I also I, I went and got the, uh, my first shot, I got the vaccine. Oh, really? Yeah. I got the vaccine earlier this week. Um my experience um it's funny, man. You go in there and it's like everyone's got like that that look of kind of worry kind of like like i don't know what i don't know how this is going to be you know so i you, you sit down and i'm kind of on my phone and i'm looking up every once in a while and then you see somebody walk in i'm like oh, there's another one and then he comes in and they sit down and they and then they're like me at first they sit down and they're shaking their legs and then it's like the walk of like they're asking you to walk off the plank whenever they call your name and then you're like "bo oh, yeah me" and then you stand up and then they're like right this way it's like they say in slow motion right this way sir So I'm like, Oh hell, here we go. You know? And then you start thinking of man, am I about to get sick? What is this going to be like? You go in there and then boom, they give it to you, man. I'm telling you right now, I've had shots and and blood drawn from me many of times. And my wife got it also this week. Um, it hurts. Like it's weird the way it feels. It's like a, it's like a, like a deep bruise feeling, but you, it's like a, Imagine a liquid deep bruise, if that makes sense. Like, as it goes into your body, you don't feel the prick. Okay, it's just like a normal shot. It goes in. But shortly after, man, and I know everyone's situation's different. I know I talked to Fred. He said he felt great and nothing happened. But my wife, she couldn't. I mean, she was hurting. And me, it was, like, real sore. But, again, whenever they walk in a certain way off the plankton, when you walk out, you're so hype about it. Even though your arm's hurting, you, you, you kind of jog, you know, you, and they make you wait 15 minutes. They're like, sit right here to make sure that nothing happens. And then they're all looking at you across the room and you're looking at yourself like you feel your ears, like my ears are still here. <laughs> you stick out your tongue. I can breathe. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm good. And then like I said, right when I got in that car and I tried to turn that steering wheel, you're like, who, who slug bugged me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my wife had it as well. She had the same experience. So, you know, only for a day or so, but yeah, it's it, it, arm pain is something that I've heard quite a bit, but I'm like, sign me up. I'll take a couple days of some arm pain, you know,
1: I'm down. Yeah. And the Johnson and Johnson one now I hear is becoming readily available to everyone. And I took the two shot one, unfortunately, but here we are. And I'm going back in a few weeks, but another pain though that we have in town here is when Jack
2: Easterby. Oh, I mean the pain that just will not go away. I mean, (laughs) it's, you know, it's bad when there are people on YouTube making parody videos about you and you shouldn't even be talked about. You're a front office person that's not even a GM. But that, just the ire that the hate towards this guy that that there are parody videos about him. So we're gonna play a clip here in a second, and just to give you a visual, this guy's like in a, like one of those little bald caps. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Doing the Easter B impression, and he's got one of those like Madonna microphones. You know that's kind of attached to the ear. You know that you see a lot of you know uh, you know preachers and stuff. They use those microphones live. So this is just a little clip we're gonna play where he is he is impersonating Jack Easterby and according to YouTube, his name's Jack Brown. But anyway, I think he does a great job. And we did a video on Sports Map about this with John Gernado and, and AJ Hoffman and we reacted to this. And we asked them to grade it on like how good the impression is. How close to reality this actually is and it's scary for Texans fans so I'll get your thoughts on that We'll play a little bit of it here so this is a Jack Brown doing his Jack Easterby impression
0: players. We need prayers. Jack Easterby, football, faith, funny. The debut stand-up album. Hey, y'all, I'm Jack Easterby, and thank God for that, because Easter be my favorite holiday. <laughs> can't imagine if my name was Jack Valentine's Day, B. You know who didn't have a left tackle? One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Jesus Christ. Okay, maybe Peter could cover him on a three-step drop, but you know what Peter was? More of a receiver of the Word of God, who was also Jesus, by the way. I just want to strangle that Bart Simpson. He's just too much, isn't he? He's too darn much. I'm oh, sorry, I for. Hey Jesus, yeah, could you turn this water into a couple brewskis? Okay, leave the wine for my wife. <laughs> I am. You a cut it there, Effectively of a
2: multi. So, so what do we think? How realistic it, it, is this? What Jackie Strippy is really like in real life? I kind, I kind of think so. It's
1: scary to think that that's <laughs> what it is. That there's, that there could be some truth to that between that and and and, a, and another video game
2: player. I don't yeah. <laughs> right, like Cal McNair. Do you think they play each other like they're playing like Call of Duty on the headsets? Do you Easter think they share Xbox?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think they might.
2: I mean, at this point, it's becoming a joke.
1: Every day it turns into another circus, you know, and and now you're seeing that it's making its rounds. Now you have impersonations. (laughs) How many impersonations are going off with with guys within organizations like this around? Like, I don't think you see that in much. Usually it's more about about the coach itself or, or someone else that's in the limelight. Another thing, though, once you told me about this little clip, I start to thought to myself before this season and maybe a little bit less. When did I ever really even know what Easter be like? I don't really know what he's like. I didn't it just seems like he was he was in the shadows doing, you know, his evil work. And then now all of a sudden, like the lights on him, it's like we know you're in there. The flashlight, you open up the box. Come on out. And he's in there just hiding like, let me just let me just stay down here. Eric, be enemy? No, don't bring him. He's going to put more light on me. You know, bring in Cully. He's going to leave this day. He's going to close the box on me. Let him have his down years. We'll figure this out. That's exactly what I look at it as. He doesn't want that the cover taken off. No,
2: no. I mean, it, and notice he hasn't been available or, or they haven't made him available to speak at all. You know, so he doesn't have to answer any questions. All of a sudden, now he doesn't talk next year. They're like, he just, he lost the ability to talk. <laughs> it, it, it feels that way. They're just, they're trying to protect him. And maybe that's it. Maybe Cal doesn't want to lose his video game partner. So they're not going to fire him. But anyway, Jack should be excited. Easter's coming up. He just told us Easter be his favorite holiday. So there you have it. Jack Easterby. He's got to be excited. His holiday is coming up. Get excited. We have
1: one segment left. I know I've talked about some picks. I know I've talked about a little bit of that throughout the show, but, you know, what time it is. It's time to leave you in the hands of some winners. I'm going to tell you who's going to win that dunk contest, maybe the three-point contest. It's a little bit degenerate bets on a Sunday morning money line. ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
1: And on ESPN 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank
1: Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. A word from the Houston faithful Brother Bear says it's bleeping ridiculous for Crazy Couch and Jack Easter Bunny to run a professional team. World round the campfire is they're willing a world a word around the campfire is that they're willing to allow Deshaun to sit out the entire
2: season cryptic tweets aside. Uh, they might be. Uh, you know, they, they, they might make him do that. man, I
1: don't I can't even envision man being starting this season and being like, well, there's another a day of, of fines for Watson. Like imagine how bad that's going to be just within the locker room uh, within, with a new coach, a historian. He's, You know, he's going to be in their tongue, you know, 25 years ago I saw a guy do this to my first teams. You know, like it's like, what are we doing
2: here? Easterby in there blessing the team. Uh, they, they apparently have picked Easterby over Deshaun. That seems to be the opinion. And I think they might be willing to push this. You know, Mike Tannenbaum, who used to be the the GM of the Jets, and he's had some other personnel jobs. He was on uh, an ESPN show the other day, and he thinks we could see Carson Palmer Part 2 with Deshaun here, where... He actually sits out the whole year. You remember that with Carson Palmer back in the day. He did. He, he got tired of the the thing with the Bengals, and he knew they'd never win. And he sat out, and eventually he got traded, but it, it wasn't right away. Do you think it was the right move overall, especially everything that ended up happening at the with Cardinals? Yeah, I mean – See that's the thing like Carson Palmer he'd already had that knee injury you know remember when he was challenging your Steelers that when they had that really good year that, yeah that yeah. was like this was after that so you know Carson was kind of on the slow decline at that point so it's not like with Deshaun where you feel like Deshaun's best footballs ahead of him you know that's what's so disappointing about this is you know you think you're about to see Deshaun's best season and he might he might may not even play I'll tell you what's disappointing
1: reading something when your hopes get up high and, and you read a headline you know the geniuses at Twitter are planning on changing the game by creating a delete button that and then I then you have to click to see the rest of this yeah of course and then you click it I know that trick then it says <laughs> it finishes that sentence you know the one the geniuses at Twitter are planning on changing the game by creating the de- delete button click that you have to pay for oh that's why you wanted that click mm-hmm. well how do you feel about this let's say if it was I mean, obviously, it's not free. They're 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 figuring out a way to charge you for this, but they know that it's
2: it's a necessity, right? An edit button is is it's needed. It is. You know, you can go in and and change things on other platforms, you know, but the Twitter thing is final. That's why you see you know top level journalists with typos all in their tweets because it's permanent. But I mean, it's just a, it looks like a cash grab. And let's face it, Twitter. They are getting killed by Instagram, you know. People like you and I, and a lot of people in the sports industry use Twitter quite a bit, but most people they're all about Instagram. They they don't care about Twitter. It's weird because everyone of the crowds, like the the
1: Facebook people, they they feel a certain way about the other Twitter worlds. They're like, no, this is where I get my information. You know, I want to, and then you see like Twitter, and they'll be talking on Facebook. That crowd, like, man, it's messy. Facebook is messy. It's nothing but drama. You know, people you know, drama, and then Instagram's over there, like Clint's like, we don't even care about that. We just like pictures. Yeah. I just look good in this bikini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Like, yeah. and, and I've talked to people around it, and, and it's funny the way they approach it, and they talk about it, because you, you hear t- people on t- that people that quit Facebook, they'll usually go to, like, someone, and then and they'll talk down on Facebook. You all, mm-hmm. We all have that one, like, man, I don't even Facebook anymore. It's nothing but drama over there. And then you have the Twitch guys being like, yep, that's why I quit. But then Facebook will say, man, Twitter's too much, like- I don't care to have a bunch of random people reading my stuff. I just want to have my friends and family and exes and, and not. And you're like, you yeah. you're scandalous. You just want to see what's going on. And then on Instagram, you get a mixture of everything. But it's like, here, just see it in picture form with a little
2: caption. It's not so negative on Instagram. You know. And Twitter, you know, I know we use it as a news source, but most people use Twitter just because they want to say something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they want they want you to hear what they're saying. Yeah, and that that's the thing with Twitter. And you know, I do social media for the station, and you know, I'm the editor of Sports Map. Our stuff doesn't do as well on Twitter because most people are on Twitter to yell out their opinion, not to read your article. You know, it's, it's just kind of the way it is. So, what's the best medium
1: for, I guess, getting clicks or whatever? I just, I, for us, it's Facebook. Facebook? It, yeah, wow, it, I wouldn't
2: have thought that if you would have gave me a, a guess, I would have thought Facebook would have been on the bottom and. No, by far it's Facebook, and, but it also helps that we have like 165,000 Facebook followers. That, Let that me borrow 20,000. Yeah, I know, right? That certainly helps. But I, for Facebook, that's where we see people, you know, they want to watch our videos or they want to read our sports content. On Twitter, it's just more people expressing their opinions. It's just kind of how it is. Um, and, and with Instagram, you're not going to Instagram to, to read an article. You know what I mean? Like, that's not why you get on Instagram. So you have to kind of know like the purpose of a platform and, and play to that. Now, you're going to play to this before we get out of here.
1: You're going to play Tottenham. You're going to go to England. Once again, small plays, though. Nothing like last week. No play of the month. You don't even have to tell the wife you're leaving the house like I told you last week. Don't even worry about that. Grab your mask. Let's go to England real quick. Under Tottenham, Crystal Palace, under two and a half. Now, Steph Curry's moved to 135, minus 135 to win the three-point contest, but... This is what I'm seeing right now. As I've been on this show, over or under 26 and a half points is the highest score for any shooter in any round. I think that sells over and the public is betting all over it. It was at minus 170 that any one player will have at least 27 points in any single round. I think that flies over. So go ahead and hit that. And then like I told you earlier in the dunk contest, it's Obi top. And I've listened to a few players and they're uh, going into all-star break. And a few of them were like, man, I can't believe that he's not a favorite. That guy is the guy I've seen. I've played with him in in uh this this offseason and I I know who he is and I know what he's got. So go ahead and hit Obi Toppin at plus money. And then for the final game before we get out of here for the All-Star game, just throwing it out there. Like Zion Williamson, he's at 10 to 1 right now to be win the uh the MVP. Someone that's a try hard, think about that. Someone that's going to be out there have a few highlight reels. Check. Zion. Someone that's going to get offensive rebounds in a game where rebound isn't in a priority. Check. And points. Check. Find someone like Zion Williamson, someone, one of those type of players, and ride with them. You're listening to Moneyline. We appreciate you like we do every single Sunday. That's Josh Jordan. That's Dell, And I'm Jerry Bono with a Z. Peace. ESPN 97.5.